0: Good morning. Good
1: morning. Congratulations.
0: Um, turn your Bibles to John one. We are in the book of John, and we are wrapping up chapter one. Um, before we do, there is a couple of quick, um, just in-house new life things. So we are going to be having a congregational meeting in two weeks. I going to say two weeks. Immediately following first and second service, Um, and we want to make sure, if this is home for you, we wanna make sure that you have filled one of these out, because we rarely have congregational votes, but when we do, you actually have to be a member to vote. And if you're in here and say, well, I think I'm a member, but I don't know if I ever filled one of these out. If you don't know 100%, fill one of these out, put it in the boxes, because in two weeks, we will be having a congregational vote. So we are going to be voting on selling our South Campus, which is about three miles down the road. So some of you go, I didn't know we had one of those. Um, Our students used to live there when we had our school, when COVID hit, we decided not uh, to go forward with the school. And this was phase three of building a food bank, fixing up the North Campus, and then dealing with South. As prices have skyrocketed, Not only to build a food bank, prices have skyrocketed to deal with South Campus. At this point, it would cost over a million dollars to fix that place up and try to get it useful for ministry. And so the executive team and the council and even the district, um, as we put our brains together, we decided that that is just not the wisest thing financially. We don't want to go uh, more into debt. And so we're not gonna do that, we hope. Um, It depends, we have to vote, obviously. So if you have never filled one of these out, and this is home, please fill it out. If you're not 100% sure, fill it out again. I'd rather have it twice than never. Hello? Thank, Thank you. Everyone's like, what? Okay, so here, I found home just for you. Okay, so um, a couple of quick things. First, I have to give a shout out to Naomi who bought me a double double In-N-Out burger shirt and Mikey who got me In-N-Out shoes. Who knew? And if you would like to buy these In-N-Out vans, no, I'm kidding. You can't have them. How many of you guys are going to go eat in and out today after church, though? I'm I'm shamelessly plugging my son actually works for in and out. So, Chad, I expect some free burgers. <laughs> How many of you guys have been enjoying the book of John? Yeah. Pastor Doug did a great job last week talking about assignments. You guys know that God has an assignment for everybody. I know some of you are like, yeah, really? God actually has an assignment for every one of you. And I pray that today and through this series, we'll come into a deeper understanding of that reality. Part of my goal in this entire series, you guys, is that we can help you understand that discipleship is hard, following Jesus is hard, that the apostles, even though sometimes we raise them up to here, they're just real men and women that follow Jesus, that loved him, right? They had real life struggles, they had real questions and real frustrations, and yet they kept being obedient, even in the hard times. How many of you guys know that's true discipleship? Life gets really hard, but I'm hanging in there anyway, amen? So let's pray. (laughs) Papa, would you come today Lord, for many of us, we've been serving you for years and maybe we don't even understand what an assignment means or sometimes we don't even hear your voice. Would that start shifting starting today? Would we become the people that live out your word, that we go out into our culture and live it out before people all the days of our life? Jesus, you move, you speak. You come. Open the windows of heaven, even this morning. Release revelation over all of us in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. So we're wrapping up chapter one. Chapter one is truly one of the most phenomenal chapters in the entire Bible. John does such an amazing job of putting his book together. So how many guys remember John 1:1? Well, what is it? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word. So John starts the book out connecting it to the book of Genesis. And what does he do? He wants everybody to understand that the word is God. It is spoken in this chapter over and over and over. He does not identify who the word is yet. But then we get into the next section in chapter one and John the Baptist shows up. Now you guys remember John. He's the four Everybody to say forerunner. forerunner. He's the forerunner for Jesus. So you guys, we're going to see this. The Jewish leadership, religious people didn't like John the Baptist because John the Baptist started getting disciples following him. So they did a formal investigation and they sent leaders to talk to John. And what question did they ask John? Are you the Messiah? Right. You know what I love about John? Doug talked about it last week. He knew his assignment. He wasn't full of pride. He didn't need it. He just said, no, I'm not. I'm not the Messiah, but I am the forerunner. And a matter of fact, he quotes Isaiah. He actually is self-fulfilling what Isaiah said. Isaiah said, there will become one before the Messiah that will show the way. And John John the Baptist says, that's who I am. Right? And then as we get into these next sections of scripture, he talks about the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then in these last verses of chapter one, you're going to see that there is an identity Of who Jesus really is now we know that it's Jesus in these verses because John points to Jesus and he says there is the Lamb of God and then the disciples start giving him title after title after title of messianic reality so let's pick it up in verse 35 of John chapter 1 Um, before I dive into reading I really really want to emphasize the goal or one of the major goals for for us this year is that you and I understand true discipleship. What does it mean to really be a disciple of Jesus? And are we actually doing that out in the real world? Are we going to look at this book, see how the disciples followed the things they did? And do you and I look the same as them? Because if we're not doing the things that they did, we're missing it in discipleship. It's all quiet. They're like, no, I just want to go to church and check a box. No, you don't. Come on, let's get honest. No, you don't. You want God to talk to you. You want dreams and visions. You want to lay hands on the sick and see him recover. You want to speak words of life and words of wisdom to people and give people hope. You want to do that. And so do I. But what gets in the way hurt and brokenness and pain, right? So I want to show a clip. How many you guys have seen The Chosen? Yes. If you haven't seen it, I just encourage you to watch it. Season four is coming out. I'm gonna watch a couple clips this morning. This first clip is about a man who just lost his job, devastating circumstances, and he's kind of starting to wonder where the heck God is. So if we can run that clip, that would be great. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my distress.
1: Incline your ear to me. Answer me speedily in the day when I call. No. This was done for you. Do not hide your face from me. Do you see me? Do you see me?
0: Everybody say, do you see me? (laughs) Hmm. I want to tell you what I know to be a fact, even though I think many times we don't believe it. Jesus knows you. I mean, he really knows you. Not generically, individually. But how many ever felt like that guy? Come on. How many of you guys ever felt like that in your life where something happened and you're like, what the heck? Like, really, God? I loved what he said. Like, don't turn your face from me. In other words, talk to me. I love the reality is all of a sudden he's waiting. And guess what? He heard nothing. And he responds by no. You ever felt that way? Because I have many times, but I can tell you this. If we will be faithful followers of Jesus, he will speak again to you. It may not be the way you always want it. It may not be in the timing that you want, but he will. And he's faithful to do it. And we're going to learn that a lot in this book. Amen. So let's go to John chapter one, verse 35. It says the next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? Everybody say, What do you want? if you're a follower of Jesus, I promise you, he's asking you this question. You may not believe it, but he is. What do you want? I love their response. They said, Rabbi, which means teachers, where are you staying? How many of you guys know that's not what they wanted? Come on, you guys. How many of you guys know that those guys wanted to know if Jesus was Messiah? Right? He looked at him straight up and he goes, what do you want? Guess what? They were either too nervous or too shy or too embarrassed to ask him. So they inverted to a different thing. You guys ever do that with God? Don't be afraid to ask God straight up, whatever it is. And don't think that he doesn't care because he cares about every question. And when he asks you, what do you want? Tell him the truth. Like the guy at the tree. I want you to talk to me. I just lost my picking job. Nobody seems to care. I worked my whole life to do this. Where are you? Do you know what? Jesus isn't mad at you. Jesus is going good. Now I got your heart. Let's talk about it. Because I'll never leave you or forsake you. Well, you sure seem like you did. Come on. We all felt that. But how many of you guys have the testimony of the opposite side where he always comes through? He always shows up and he does it a different way. And you're like, man, do you know half the time or probably 90 percent? I'm like, I'm glad you didn't do it the way I asked the first time, because that would have been a nightmare. You really did know. And he's like, I got you. Everybody say, "I I know you. Jesus knows you and I. he really does. Where are you staying? He says, come he replied and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John said and who followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him And said, you are Simon, son of John, and you will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. Now, I want to pause right there. Next week, we're diving into what most people call the first uh, miracle. How many guys know water into wine? Right. So if you haven't read it yet, start reading chapter two, because we're finishing chapter one. Start reading chapter two. How many guys know Jesus turned water into wine? I don't really love wine a lot, but if I was hanging out with Jesus and he turned water into wine, I'm drinking that wine. And some of you are like, I can't believe it. I'm like, Jesus drank that wine. And you know what they said? This is the good stuff. I want to drink the good stuff. So so watch. The first supernatural mind. Why do we say that? I'll get into it next week. That was more of his first public miracle. How many of you guys know a word of knowledge is a miracle? How many of you guys know when Peter came walking up and he looks at him and he speaks a word of knowledge, he says, Simon, son of John. I'm changing your name. How many of you guys know he got his attention? Do you guys know that God wants to get your attention all the time? And many times when we're not at the place to hear him because of our stuff. He'll send other people many times to encourage us. We need to be that to other people, too. Amen. We really do. So watch. Jesus looked at him. You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas. The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee finding Philip ever say finding Philip finding Philip he said to him what he said what Follow follow me. Philip like Andrew and Peter was from the town of Bethsaida Philip found Nathaniel and told him we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote Jesus of Nazareth the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathan asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, ha, here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How many of you would like Jesus to say that about you? Help me, Jesus. How do you know me, Nathanael asked. Then Nathanael declared, what Jesus said is, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. Everybody say "Greater greater things. You will see greater things than that. He then added, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. So I'm going to give some insights in in these verses, but I I wanted to just make a really crazy point and I'm going to come back to it later. But Jesus gives a word of knowledge to Nathaniel. How many guys know our mindsets can get us in trouble with God? Right. So Nazareth. might it be like Pomona I know for some of you that are judgy but Nathaniel had a really hard time when he said Messiah is coming from Nazareth that just didn't click in his mind of the king coming to rule and reign like Nazareth how many guys know you and I have mindsets that keep us from the king and we better deal with them for real I love what Jesus does He doesn't get hung up on it. Right. He just speaks a word of knowledge that pierces him to the heart. Do you guys want to overcome family and friends that have their own ideas and thoughts about you being a Christian and it's really hard? Do you want to know what I have found the number one thing that works best words of knowledge? And I don't mean judgy ones. I mean, words of knowledge that when they're going through something and you have no knowledge of it, but the Lord tells you and he tells you it's time to tell them, and you go over and go, Hey bro, I really felt like God told me to tell you this and I don't know exactly what you're going through, but I just felt like God told me that it's going to be okay. You're going to make it. You don't have to be discouraged. You don't have to be frustrated. He sees you and he knows you and he's got you. Do you guys know for that person that's maybe not even a believer? That God can grab their heart and change it in a heartbeat. As soon as one word of knowledge came to Nathaniel, the next words out of his mouth. You are Lord. You are Messiah. So you guys, our job is to share words of knowledge and words of wisdom with people. Right. A lot of you are like, I don't know about that. We're going to learn. So watch. What does Jesus say? You believe because I, I, I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater. I'm going to say greater. greater. Then he quotes from Genesis chapter one and he uses the story of Jacob. This is a super crazy, interesting point, and I'll come back to it later. But he actually says, You will see greater things. And then he quotes from Genesis one and he says, You will see angels ascending and descending. How many guys remember Genesis one? Jacob has a dream, Jacob's ladder. Right. You guys know that dream, right? Why on earth is Jesus dropping that piece to them? He says you will see greater things. And he gives an analogy about Jacob. What is the story, though? What's going on in Genesis one? Jacob is going through hard times. And guess what God does? He gives him revelation and he shows him that there is an open heaven. So whenever you see this ladder and angels ascending, how many of you guys know it's revelation to heaven and earth? You guys know that that, that's what that is. Then in Genesis, he looks at Jacob and then the angel starts speaking to him and starts promising him that the Messiah will come through his lineage. Did you hear what I just said? Jacob hears open heavens and the promise to him is that Messiah will come through his line. Thousands of years later, Jesus is standing telling his disciples, God is getting ready to open the heavens of Revelation and you will see angels ascending and descending on me, the son of man. How many guys know Jesus is declaring Messiah? And what he's saying is and we'll see it in the next chapters. I will prove to you that I am who I say I am. I want to share a few things just historically and otherwise. We will never be able to break down this book, literally every single thing. We could spend months in chapter one. So I want to give a few insights just to help us understand a few things. Um, Number one, historical interest. John the Baptist proclaims Jesus the Lamb of God. How many guys know in Jewish history? The Jews had been waiting for thousands of years to hear that the Messiah had finally come. Historically speaking. John chapter one, verse 35, is radically important because the forerunner who just claimed himself forerunner in the verses before that now stands and say, I, the forerunner, according to Isaiah, now tell you there is the Lamb of God. The Messiah is now here. Historically, it's crazy. Then we look at the two disciples. You guys know we know that Andrew is one of the disciples because John tells us it is Andrew. But who's the second? Most scholars believe the second disciple is John the Beloved who wrote the fourth gospel. John never mentions himself by name in his gospel. So John the Beloved, John the Evangelist, never says his own personal name. How how does he refer to himself in the book of John? (laughs) This is nuts to me. I want to write a letter to you guys, but I'm not going to give you my name. But I will say this about myself. I am the one that Jesus really loves. (laughs) That guy's either confident in the love. How many guys would like to be that confident? Not in a weird way to people, but I mean. God, he loves me. Do you know that about him? Everybody say, I know you. I'm telling you, he knows you and he loves you. And he wants you to come to a place of knowing him that you would say that about yourself. Amen? And then the process of bringing others to Jesus, this started what we would call evangelism. Andrew brought Peter and probably Philip to Jesus. Philip shares with Nathaniel, and that process has been part of the foundational principles of Christian expansion ever since follow, find, tell, bring. Everybody say follow, follow. find. Tell, bring, Bring. then repeat. So some of you have been Christians for years and you have never went to find somebody and to tell somebody, because you don't think it's your job. We're gonna find out in the book of John that if you're a Christian, all of our job is to go find people we love because it's eternal and Jesus matters. And we need to be the ones that go find them and tell them about Jesus, then bring them to Jesus and our first job is to follow him ever to say follow. follow. Now, I want to talk about contextual challenges a little bit throughout this book and other books in the Bible. There's always contextual challenges. How many of you guys have ever heard people? I don't believe the Bible because it counterdicts itself all the time. You guys ever did you hear whiny like that, too? I'm sorry. I just had to add the emphasis. I've had that experience many times. Do you guys know if you'll really work hard at it and study that the Bible never actually contradicts itself? It can be confusing sometimes, but if you actually do the work, you'll find out that it has answers. So throughout this series, we're going to get into some of these. So Doug and I will be breaking this and others as well, but Doug and I mostly will be breaking down some of these contextual challenges to give you some insight. Okay, so like in in this context, it says four in the afternoon. So you're going to see in the Bible there's, different times that they use different hours or this part of a day. And it gets confusing because one version says something, then another version says something else. And it's like they seem to contradict. It really depends which author is writing and which context he's using. So like daytime and nighttime designations. Roman versus Jewish. There are differences in what times of day and night are being referred to depending on which time and context you are using. The Jewish daytime hours begin at dawn and end with sundown. So in a Jewish mindset, the day starts at sunrise and ends at sunset. But in the Romans, it begins at midnight, kind of like what we use, and has a 12 hour clock to high noon, then 12 more hours again to midnight. So depending on the author and who they're writing, and if they're writing from a Roman mindset or a Jewish mindset, you might think, well, those things don't line up. No, they're just giving you two different perspectives in different contexts. Amen. You guys learn anything? Yeah. Okay, the hometown of Andrew, Peter and Philip, verse 44, like Andrew and Peter, Philip was from Bethsaida. However, in Mark's Gospel, Andrew and Peter's home was in Capernaum. So in Mark 1, 21 and 29, it says this, they went to Capernaum and when the Sabbath came, Jesus went into the synagogue and began to teach. As soon as they left the synagogue, they went with James and John to the home of Simon and Andrew. Okay, so pastor, what is it? Is it they're from Bethsaida or Capernaum? Or are they really rich and they have a house in both cities? How many guys know they weren't rich? How about you were born and raised in one city? And as you got a little bit older, you moved to another city. So when I was really little, I grew up in Claremont. Then I moved to Laverne in my junior high, high school years. And then I lived in Pomona for a number of years all over the place. So when people say, well, where are you from? I say Clamona. <laughs> They're like, I've never heard of that. I said, because you don't know where I'm from. So it's very likely that Andrew And Peter were born and raised in Bethsaida but then at some point when they became fishermen and got into business they moved to Capernaum so watch if you look at a map of Israel and I don't know if I have that in there um, on the north of the Sea of Galilee right Bethsaida is here and Capernaum is here they're only six miles apart they're actually very close to each other And it's highly likely Capernaum was more of a fishing city and that they went there to be fishers. Amen. And now Jesus is calling them to be fishers of what? I love it. And then biblical connections. Chapter one, you guys, the biblical connections in this chapter are mind boggling. Andrew tells Peter, we have found the Messiah, thus connecting Jesus to every messianic prophecy of the Old Testament. Right. Philip also connects Jesus to Old Testament prophecy, but in a much more detailed connection. We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph. Nathaniel comes and he's even more specific and he declares him not only as a teacher. So throughout this book you're gonna see this. How many of you guys know there's many rabbis in Jesus' day, right? So rabbis, we usually young students would pick the rabbi that they wanted to follow. Jesus was just the opposite. He's usually picking people now some would come but he picks people right but none of the rabbis. That I know of in Jesus time except Jesus himself was called this according to Nathaniel rabbi you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus closes off this section of scripture in verses 50 and 51 with the connection of Jacob's ladder, where there was heavenly revelation given between Jacob and between Jesus. I hit that earlier. I'm going to come back to it near the end because it's really an important piece. And then verse 51, Jesus refers to himself as, everybody say, son of man. man. So this is a self-designation and would have been quite ambiguous in the Greek and Hebrew culture of Jesus' day. So Son of Man would have been super generic. A lot of people would have been called Son of Man, but why throughout the entire book of John does Jesus refer to himself almost always as the Son of Man? Like a lot of people could be called Son of Man. As we'll dive in next week, we realize that this was not Jesus time to be revealed. How many of you guys know people? He didn't want people knowing he's Messiah yet because it was going to create problems. So even though in this chapter, person after person is giving him and designating titles from the Old Testament about Messiah, Messianic promise, King of the Jews. They're saying all of those things. Jesus at the end of this chapter says, you will see the heavens open, angels ascending and descending on the son of. Why? Because he wasn't ready to be called son of God yet or Messiah. Because it was going to create problems and he had too many things to accomplish. He self designated the title. Right. He gave himself that title. And in the New Testament, he is the only one that ever is called son of man. He's the only one ever in the entire New Testament to be called that. And he calls himself that almost 100 percent of the time, like 90 something percent of the time. When you hear son of man, it is Jesus referring to himself. Amen. Okay. Are you guys ready? No, really? Are you ready? Are we learning anything? All right. Here's last one. Uh, Interesting information. This is just stuff that I found interesting. So (laughs) what do you know? Some of you are going, but I don't find it interesting. We're going to pray for you after service. Okay. Okay. Philip is listed in the Synoptic Gospels, but it is John who tells us most about him. So Philip, a really important part of Jesus apostolic team, but in the synoptics, Matthew, Mark and Luke, you just don't hear about him a lot. In John, you hear about him quite often, chapter six, chapter 12, chapter 14. The deeper connection to Philip and John is probably because um, they continue to stay connected. Philip was buried in Herpolis in Asia Minor. The province where the Apostle John apparently ministered for the last 25 years of his life. So before Philip became a martyr, John and Philip were probably in that community doing ministry together for quite some time before they killed Philip. I'm got glad they couldn't kill John? He's the one Jesus loved. Jesus. Oh, no. So watch, last thing, Nathanael name means God gives. Everybody say God gives. God gives. Nathaniel is so named in John, but he's mentioned as Bartholomew in the Synoptic Gospels and is closely linked with Philip. This most likely suggestion is that Nathaniel is the personal name of Bartholomew. How many of you guys can now name the 12 apostles? Nobody raised their hand. How many of you guys know some of them have two and three names? It gets really confusing. People are like, name the 12. You're like, okay, there's two Judases, there's two Simons, there's two James. Oh, that guy's Thaddeus. No, Bartholomew is, and Levi's Matthew, right? So my wife and I were chatting about it. I actually had to print something out again. She's like, what kind of pat? She didn't say that at all. I was laughing because I forget sometimes all of the connections of those things, but it will be important as we go through the book of John. So I'm bringing it up. So, Nathaniel in John is known as Bartholomew in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Okay? You guys there? You guys know Levi is Matthew, right? Yes. All right. So, some of you really do know. Michael, can you name the 12? I know you can. He's like, don't call on me. Okay, so watch. As we go through this passage, I want to look at a couple of verses. Verse 37 When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? (laughs) I hit that earlier. You guys, please ask Jesus what you want. No, really. Can I give you really super honest, like, what I want? God, I want to know why I'm so confused about how you didn't answer my prayer over the last six months the way that I wanted. I don't even understand why all this has happened and that my brothers and sisters and this happened and that thing's falling apart and things are, are seemingly getting wrecked right before my eyes and you seem to be doing nothing. on, You ever talk to Jesus like that? I think you should. As long as you do it with a respectful heart, I think you should. I don't think he's afraid at all. I don't think he's afraid to hear from you what you really... How many of you guys know he already knows what you think anyway? <laughs> I swear we're like crazy in this. Well, Pastor, I don't want to tell him, you know, because he already knows. Like, <laughs> But I don't do it with my wife, so I don't think I'm going to do it with Jesus either. Because I think you should probably not do it with your wife sometimes, but Jesus always. How about that? So watch, go down uh, to verse 42. Then Jesus looked at him when he brought Simon and Jesus gives the first word of knowledge. You are Simon, son of John, and you will be called Cephas. Verse 43, the next day Jesus decide to leave. And now Jesus does something interesting. The Bible says that Jesus found Philip. So people are coming to him. How many of you guys know Philip is important? He hadn't either seen or heard, so Jesus himself knows it's time to leave for Galilee, and he goes and finds Philip. Now watch what Philip does. After, after Jesus decided to leave Galilee, finding Philip, he said, what? Follow. Say what? Follow. You guys, let's follow Jesus. Amen. Can I tell you discipleship is not following him to church on Sunday to check a religious box? But following Jesus is a daily encounter with him, and he'll talk to you if you'll let him. And it's exciting and fun. How many you guys know, like, God is so amazing to do this, right? And now we're going to see what Philip does. As soon as Jesus calls him, Philip goes into action. And we're actually going to watch what Philip does. So if you can run that clip for me, that would be great.
1: I thought that I knew where God was putting me to. Yeah. So what are you doing (laughs) here? I thought you were out making enemies all over the place. I'm about to make a whole lot more enemies all over the place. John sent me to someone new. You sure know how to pick him. He's not just anyone. That's what you said about the baptizer. And I was right. But this is... more. Hmm. This is who the baptizer has been preparing us for. Hmm. Nathaniel. He's the one. The one. The one whom Moses foretold and the prophet said would come. The one. The one. Jesus of Nazareth, son of Joseph. Nazareth. <laughs> oh. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Come and see. Oh, little dump on a craggy hilltop. I'm serious. No paved roads, no public buildings. (laughs) They barely have a synagogue. You can't. You really can't. (laughs) Hey, I'm just telling it like it is. Why can't I do that? Because you're mean. The families, illiterate, day laborers and peasants, by the way, sleep under the same roof as their livestock. Listen to me. Honestly, Philip, saying the one is a Nazarene is practically heresy. Just... Come and see. I... What? You gonna be late for work? Wow. That's dark. (laughs) So dark. Your whole life, you've wanted to serve God. To meet the Son of God, the King of Israel. I promise you will not regret it. And if you do, I'll refund your misery. But I know you, you don't mess around. You will want to join him. He's like no rabbi who ever has been or will be. I've never seen you talk like this. still hung up on the Nazareth of it all.
0: Come and see. Everybody say, come and see. If you do not ask people that on a fairly regular basis, we're missing a major part of discipleship. If we really know Jesus, I mean, for real. You want your kids, you want your friends, you want your coworkers to know him. It's eternal. Right. And I know we live in a culture where Christianity's grown to a place where it's almost embarrassing to even talk. And we've seen people who are just like belligerently weird how they go out and evangelize. How many guys know that's not what Jesus is asking us to do? Come on. How many guys know he's just asking you to love people well, but to be so transformed? You guys. Jesus just picked Philip something happened so transformative in his heart that he knew he was Messiah that he immediately went to his good friend who he knew was hurting and knew needed something and said "Man, he is the one. How about we live such a life that our friends would ask that without us even having to ask them? that would be a crazy idea. So Jesus literally watches and Philip <laughs> goes and he gets Nathanael and he brings him to Jesus. And I, I love Nathanael's honesty. I mean, do you guys know that a lot of our friends in the culture, they have really real questions about stuff about God, right? That we think is ridiculous, right? You, like like they say something and you're like, you're hung up on that. Like that's your thing. But all roads lead to God. Come on. Can we talk about real reality in the culture we live in? How, how many of you guys have gone in discussions with people? And, and a lot of times, and I think it's a normal reaction. Well, all things lead to God. Do you guys know there's a lot of people that believe that? All religions, all things. The only problem is none of those religions they're pointing to actually believe that. They're not really committed. Right? So I've gotten in discussions with people. And they started to say, well, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't believe in all that religious stuff. And I just look at him and I think, well, do you believe? Well, I believe there's something out there. I just don't know what it is. And I go, man, you must have taken years of hard study and research to come to that conclusion. And you know what they tell me like almost every time. No. This is what's crazy to me. You know, what they tell me no. I never studied it. I never searched it out. I just think all that religion. and I go, I could get that. But let me tell you why Jesus is different. Do you guys know that our job is to help people know that Jesus is different? He's the only one alive. He's the only one that said that he would come to life again. He's the only one that fulfilled all the prophecies for thousands of years. He's the only one that could do the signs and wonders and miracles, including being raised from the dead. This is the one that we're supposed to tell people about. And this year, I pray we do it more than ever. So this next clip is Jesus interaction with the man who doesn't like Nazareth.
1: Rabbi. Well, this is a good night. You know who stands beside you there? This is my friend, Nathaniel. Yes. The truth teller. I'm sorry? Man is often deceitful. And Israel began with Jacob, a bit of a deceiver, yes? Yes. But one of the great things about you is you are a true Israelite, in whom there is no deceit. What did you say about me? What is this? How do you know me? I have known you long before Philip called you to come and see. Don't look at him. Look at me. When you were in your lowest moment, and you were alone, I did not turn my face from you. I saw you under the fig tree. Rabba. There it is, you are the son of God, the king of Israel. <laughs> I knew it. Well, that didn't take long. (laughs) He doesn't mess around. Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. You believe? (laughs) You are going to see many greater things than that. Like Jacob, you are going to see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. That's me, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got that. Good. I know you like to be clear.
0: <laughs> so verse 51, Jesus says, you will see greater things. And then he again quotes Genesis one. You will see angels ascending and descending. The word you in that context is plural. Everybody say plural. plural. Jesus was not speaking just to Nathaniel. Obviously, the chosen chooses. There could have been many disciples around. We don't really know, but we know this, that when Jesus spoke that word, he was talking to a group of people. This isn't just you, Nathaniel. What Jesus was saying is you, you all, We'll see the heavens open. The revelation of Genesis one connected to what Jesus said is for us today. Do you guys know that you and I are supposed to be the ones seeing heavens open. The context is about revelation from God. You will see the heavens open and the revelation of a connection between heaven and earth falling on me. And you will now watch me go and do signs and wonders and miracles. And Nathaniel, you just saw one because I spoke a word of knowledge to you and it changed your life. You and I should be telling people and giving people hope through words of wisdom and words of knowledge. Every single one of us can and should do it. I would not be here today for a fact if it wasn't for many words of knowledge in my early years that God picked me out over and over I would say over a dozen times in five years in crowds of people that people didn't know who I was didn't know anything about me or what I was going through and I felt just like Nathaniel when all of a sudden somebody says you stand up young man. God has a word for you. Why would God do that? Because he knew me. Everybody say, I know you. You guys, it's not generic. He actually knows you. And he loves you. And he wants you to be a true disciple that does what the Bible says we're supposed to do. I know we need America change. I know we all are in this quandary of this crazy nation. The only way this nation is going to change is when the church does what it's supposed to do. And that's go love people with signs and wonders and miracles. Why? Because we're hurting. But we don't want to tell the world that. We want to go out and point their sin out and pretend we don't have any. We need to stop it. Why did God send prophets and prophetic people and call me out time after time? Because God knew that I was about to quit. He knew it. Because I was so frustrated or I had so much guilt and shame from being backslid for years that the enemy was beating me up day after day. You'll never do anything. God will never use you. You're a piece of crap. And I'm sitting there agreeing with lies. Why? Like, look, take the prayer class. The prayer class doesn't mean you have to come be on the prayer team. How many guys would like to hear his voice more? Come on. How many of you guys would like to connect to Jesus more? Take the prayer class. It'll help you connect to God. I was in a church right down the street, just got rededicated in 1985. This guy comes, never met him. Sunday night service. My life was just hurting. I would go to Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Tuesday night, Bible study, Wednesday night church and any youth activity in the week. And I couldn't wait. I was dying after Sunday night service. Literally. Oh God please help me. I just need to get to Tuesday night. God, if you could help me get through these next two days, if I could not fall off a cliff, if you could just help me get to these next two days to Bible study, I will make it to Wednesday. I know none of you have that struggle. (laughs) And this guy calls me out. He doesn't know me. He doesn't know nothing about me. Every night I would hang out with Jesus from 11 to 1, worship cassette tapes and reading the word and just wondering, do you even hear me? And I felt like Nathaniel most of the time because I didn't really hear much. But God in his kindness, because I kept going to church, everybody say church. Church. You need to get your butt in church. A lot of people don't want to go anymore. I promise you, if the church is doing what we're supposed to, we're going to enjoy it. And he says, Stand up, young man. And he looks at me. And he says, The Lord says, I hear you in the midnight hour. Just like Nathaniel. How do you know? Nobody knows this. Not one human being on the earth knew it. Not one. Not one person knew that I hung out with Jesus, crying out to him, wondering why I'm not hearing him. So here's what we're going to do before we go today. I want everybody to grab the card. There's cards in your seats that says a word for you. Can you grab me one of those word for you cards? Literally every single person. I know sometimes I say that and people, I'm not moving. Some of you are here. I'm just visiting. I'm not even a Christian. That's okay. Jesus knows you and wants to talk to you. Grab this card. Okay. Every single person. It just says a word for you on it. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. My goal in this series is that you and I will actually live true discipleship. I mean, not Come to church do our thing only but we will go out there and as we read through the book of John that you and I should be doing the same things that the disciples did. how many guys believe that we should do the same things we should be healing the sick, we should be casting out demons, we should be raising the dead, we should be speaking words of wisdom and words of knowledge and prophetic words how many guys believe that's what see a lot of you aren't responding because the church hasn't taught that we just want people to show up on Sunday. I'm telling you, those days need to be over and we need to become true disciples of Jesus. So here's what we're going to do. Each section, okay, this section right here, okay. I want you guys, this section right here, right, Corey and Sharon, okay. Now listen, every section, I'm going to pick somebody and you're going to write their name. And all we're going to do is ask the Lord to give words of knowledge, words of wisdom. Right. Now, listen, the only parameters in this context to be clear for all of us is I don't want you writing anything about sin. I'm not saying God doesn't reveal sin, but for this context, we're not doing that. Did you guys hear me? I need everybody to shake their head. Thank you very much. It's a big deal. I've trained this. Literally thousands of people over the years and no joke, even though I say that, I've had people come up at the end of a prophetic seminar bawling. I'm not kidding, bawling because they got cards from people and somebody didn't listen because they believed that their hearing God was more important than listening to the person who was asking them not to. I'm not even saying it wasn't God. I'm just saying you didn't obey on what leadership was asking you in that moment. And that's not how you would go about it. You don't even know the person. God's not going to dump on you through some stranger and make you feel like crap and never want to come to church again. That's not how Jesus operates. But they come up crying going, and I said, I'm so sorry. You heard me say not to do that, right? I'm so sorry that they did that. And if I happen to know the problem, what the heck? Well, I have to do what God tells me. Well, God tells you to obey your leaders. God tells you to tithe. Oh, we got real quiet right there. Woo! Okay, this section, okay? This back section right here. Okay, we're doing another couple. All right. John? Yes. Aaron. Aaron. I know. A, spell it. E R I N. E R I N. So this section, right, John and Aaron. Literally every single person. Well, I don't know if I'm going to hear God. I'm just asking you to try. I'm just asking you to ask. And if you aren't really sure, write a scripture. How many guys know God speaks through the word? Write an encouraging scripture. But I promise you, you will be blown away if you'll just try. Okay, this section. Jesus help us all. Young lady right there. What's your name? Elizabeth, this middle section, you guys write Elizabeth at the top of your card. Just trust me. <laughs> Some of you are like, I. please write Elizabeth. This back section, that includes you all in the back. Okay. As a matter of fact, I'm going to come to the back. So what you guys are going to write is tank. Okay, you can put Ray. Yes, Ray. <laughs> His nickname, he, he told me to call him Tank. Okay, stand up, bro. Come on. How many of you guys know when a guy this big says, call me Tank, you go, what up, Tank? For real. And if you guys ever harass me ever again, he told me he's my new bodyguard. Just wanted to say, he said, I got your back, brother. And spell your name, Mel. I know. Melanie. I know, but spell it. M-E-L. A-N-I-E. A-N-I-E. Melanie. So you, this section. So Ray and Melanie. Okay. You guys got that? Those other sections you should be praying and writing already. We're not waiting. Start going. Okay. This section. <laughs> <Shut up. laughs> I'm going to have you pray for this young lady. What is your name? Diane. Diane. This section right here. Write Diane. That's right. Don't make me come over there and kick your butt. There. All right. Center section. Young lady right here. What is your name? Grace. 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 This center section, middle section right here in the front, right? Grace on the card. All right. So Grace, just so you know, we did this first service. I knew it was going to happen. Second service. I was sitting there talking to a, a lady who I picked first service. She stayed at the end she had a stack of cards this thick and she started telling me the revelation she's been getting from coming here so i don't know which of you have been obedient to go up and prophesy over this lady some of you in first service or so i'm not sure where she always goes but please keep doing it her life has radically changed because many of you have walked up and brought encouragement she was here first service when i was I'm, my point is this when i was sitting there talking to her you walked by and i felt the holy spirit say she's gonna be one you pick today Okay? Why? Because God knows you. And He knows what you've gone through. And He understands it all. And He loves you. And He picks you. And he's here for you and he's gonna be with you even though it's confusing and even though it's hard and even though you're like Nathaniel and myself to say, God I don't understand though what the heck I just can't even comprehend it all he goes I know but if you will allow me to I will walk you to places like I did with him and with him and I'll bring you along because I see your heart and I see your yes and even though your yes is clouded with all kinds of pain and knows he sees that little yes in you and he loves it and he knows it and he hears it and he appreciates it so you guys should all be writing right everybody and if you said well I'm not sure listen if you're not sure put the pen to the card and just start writing I've trained literally thousands of people what I found for myself when I'm not hearing anything I'll start writing okay Lord I just pray the Lord bless you and keep you I just pray this and then all of a sudden a thought starts coming a picture just comes, something just happens. And then I start writing and I cannot tell you how many times. And you guys, many of you have done this. I'm telling you, words of knowledge are one of the most important things that we can do to go encourage people. It really is, because when people realize God's talking, even though nobody knows, it's like what Nathaniel said to Philip. What did you tell him? So you guys going to take one more minute, just keep writing keep filling those out pen to paper and so for our our online audience we're going to say goodbye to you we love you we bless you we thank you for joining us Um, if you need encouraging prayer You can email us at New Life Pomona and we will pray for you. We will even have others pray for you. If you say, hey, I would really love a word of encouragement, then email us and we will get people to pray for you and we will send you words of encouragement. So God bless you guys as you go.